Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm so excited to have Christy Ashby joining us today. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Christy is a Salt Lake Community College graduate who now works as an occupational therapy assistant for the Alpine School District. Her previous experience includes working for St. Mark's Hospital, Whittier Elementary School, Work Activities Center, and Salt Lake Community College. She also holds an associate's degree in accounting from the LDS Business College, as it was named then. So, Christy, to begin our conversation, first of all, you are a runner. You've actually competed in a Spartan race. So tell us about like what was the motivation to do that. And then I'd love to hear a little bit about that actual experience. So actually I ran 21 Spartan races. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. (laughs) I might have a slight addiction, but it's okay. One of my friends was talking about a burpee and I was like, what is that? And he said, well, you do it when you fail an obstacle at a Spartan race. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And um, my husband runs them with me. We run them together and we volunteered first for the one that's here in Utah. And we got to be at the end of the Spartan race where you actually jump over fire. And it was just amazing to see these people run this 13 mile race in the mountains, you know, over obstacles, carrying sandbags, crawling under barbed wire, climbing ropes, jumping over walls. And then they would get some of them got to the end and they were actually scared to jump over the fire. And I'm like, what? You just did all these amazing things. And this little, you know, 12 inches of fire is scary you. So just to see the community that was there was amazing. And we have met an amazing group of Spartan racers here in Utah that we connect with at least monthly. We go and run races all over with them. We've ran in Arizona, Montana, Idaho. We went to Hawaii and raced. So it's been really fun and you get to play in the mud and hang out with your friends. What more could you ask for, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, okay, she's maybe like done one or two. Like that would be awesome. And uh, no, 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, so this month we're chatting about failures and I always, I feel the need to preface this with, we don't see you as a failure. That's not why we uh, reached out. We think that you are a well-accomplished person and we know that in order to get success, we often have to overcome challenges. So Christy, first of all, that is why we are excited to chat with you. (laughs) But I'm curious, as you think back to maybe the most recent Spartan race that you did, were there any moments where you wanted to quit or that like sense of failure kind of started to creep in? And like, what did you do to get rid of that? For sure. Actually, you know, it's been a while since we've had a Spartan race. They were all canceled last year due to some awesomeness in the world. But at the time I had a daughter that ran with us and she was 15 and she was climbing up the rope and she slid down the rope and and ripped the skin off of like five fingers. And it was the most heart wrenching thing to see your child fall. And I thought for sure she would be like, Hey, I'm done. But we only had four obstacles left. And instead she was like, no, I'm going to finish this. I started this. I'm going to finish it. I'm not done. And she, you know, we were able to help her through it, but she finished it. And to this day, she will tell you that was the hardest thing she's ever been through, but it was the best thing she's ever been through because it was so hard. It was so hard. She's like, I could never have grown in the ways that I did without doing that or having that experience. So anytime I race, I always think of her 
we had another experience where we were headed down to the Las Vegas race, which is actually Saturday. So we're going again. Yay. Um, this one was five years ago and we were halfway to Vegas and we got a phone call saying that my then 16 year old had just been in a car accident and we turned around and came back home. And just part of that Spartan community, some of our friends reached out to us and said, we know you already have plans to race and you're already going to volunteer. You have all these things. Can we come and take your kids so that you can still go? So, they came and watched over our kids and let them spend the weekend with them and that's just how how the community is they're very supportive and encouraging so oh my goodness well that's amazing and that's a perfect segue into again what we're going to be speaking a little bit more about today christy to start our conversation about (laughs) failures i'd actually love to go back to some of your earlier years maybe high school or early adults years and i'm curious so at that point take us back talk to us about some of your interests and maybe goals or career ideas at that point in your life so high school i would say i wasn't very athletic, but I was pretty active. You know, I did cheerleading, some soccer, some gymnastics, that kind of stuff. I was actually in a program back then it was called Junior Miss. Now it's called Distinguished Young Woman, I believe. So I was in that and um, I won it for my school. And because of that program, I got a scholarship. And because of that scholarship, I was able to go to Riggs College, now BYU, Idaho. I went up there just thinking I'll just do some generals, but I really, I got into an accounting class that I really enjoyed. Long story short, I met my husband up there and we moved down to Salt Lake the next year. And I went to LDS Business College because they accepted the credits pretty straight across. So he went to school during the day and worked at night. And I worked during the day and I went to school at night. And it was hard. It was really hard. I really wanted an associate's degree. And during that time, we got pregnant with our first child. And she was actually born in March of 1999. And I graduated from college from there my first time in May of 1999. So, you know, that last little push to get that degree. And it was a great feeling to graduate with my baby in hand, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. What what an accomplishment I would say for the whole family that all of that could happen. <laughs> I'm curious. So there had to have been moments where you were looking at your husband saying, we're crazy people. Like this is insane. So again, like in those moments where it just felt like the whole world could kind of be just crumble at any given moment, you know, what did you do with that? You know, I just took it. We took it one day at a time. I remember days where he would drive the shuttle buses up at the U for his job and we wouldn't see him, you know, for like two or three days because we were just so busy. And so I would take her up there and we would just ride around on the route with him. And all these old grandma ladies would be like, oh, your baby's so cute. Do you need to get off here? And I'd be like, no, we're just hanging out for a while. (laughs) But, you know, those are the kinds of things that help you appreciate when you actually have a degree and when you've actually got a real job that pays real money and you actually have insurance and, you know, those good things that prepares you for that to appreciate it a little bit better, I think. Absolutely. And I love that you got creative and found ways and time to spend with your family, (laughs) whether it was riding the shuttle bus or anything else. I think that's awesome. Awesome. In fact, so I'm admittedly, I'm actually a, a U of U transplant. And so um, I've spent many, many an hour on the shuttle bus. So that brings back some fun memories. <laughs> good, good times. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Okay. So keep us kind of going through your timeline here. So, okay. So you go to LDSBC, you earn this accounting degree, and then eventually you decide to go back to school. So what fill in the gap of like in between those two things? So during that time, my husband, you know, graduated from college. He went to BYU, got his master's degree. We had four kids. 
and I was a stay-at-home mom, which is what exactly what I wanted to do. And I basically used my degree to do our taxes once a year. That's about it. <laughs> but it was there. It was there. During that time, um, our third child, he's our only son, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And we spent a lot of time at the hospital. He went up and did infusions every eight weeks. We went to support groups just to understand what he was going through. During that time, I found out about occupational therapy, found out that um, Salt Lake Community College is one of the only colleges around that offer that degree. And by then, my youngest was in third grade and I thought, okay, it's time to go back to work. But accounting just didn't feel right to me. It just it didn't connect. So I started looking into going back to college. And the funny part is it'd been so long. It had been 17 years that when I went back, they're like, pretty much you have to redo everything. And the only credit that truly transferred over was racquetball. Good old PE credit. <laughs> so I had to retake math. I had to retake oh. English. I had to, you know, take anatomy and biology. And it was tough because when you're older, your brain does not quite learn things as quickly as you do when you're 19, you know. So I went back to college and my kids would go to school and I would go to school, too. So it was a good transition for our family. Very cool. Well, and I love, I don't know, maybe love isn't the right word, but I think it's really inspirational that you're able to find out about this occupation because of, you know, something you were dealing with in your own family. And, and even though that was, I'm sure, you know, an incredibly hard experience and probably still is, that was actually what helped open a door. So I think that's a really cool silver lining that you were able to find in that. I'm curious, and you can share as much or as little of this as you want, but I'm curious as a returning student, maybe you're a little bit older than, you know, the typical student in the classroom, like talk to me about that experience. What was it like going back? So in my head, I just kept thinking, I have enough money for one semester. And after that semester, we'll figure it out. And I ended up applying for some scholarships. And that is a huge blessing out of the four years, because you have to do two years of prereqs and then two years in the program. Out of the four years, I only paid for one semester because people were so willing to have scholarships for non-traditional students. Are you over 35? Yes. Um, you know, just all these little things that made it so I could go back to school. I did have some really rough times. I had to retake anatomy. You have to have, I think you have to have a B to even apply to the program. And the first time I took it, I got a D plus. I've never had, I've never had even a D in my life. And so that was very humbling. And I was ready to just be like, hey, I'm done. I'm just going to go get an accounting job. But um, my family was really supportive and doing field works and job shadows with occupational therapy. The more I knew that's where I needed to go. So those scholarships helped just really good academic advisors and the professors. They're all really dedicated to helping the non-traditional student, which was me. So it was good to have them there as my support. Absolutely. And I think what I really appreciate is the success story that you're sharing. I think sometimes people, it's so common. And as a career coach, I often talk with students. Our population in Salt Lake is a little bit more non-traditional, if you will. And so it's interesting because I often have this conversation with people of, oh, like, is it too late? Or they just feel like they're behind. And I love that you didn't let that get in the way of you stopping and moving forward. So I think that's really awesome. I'm curious. So to kind of now transition to after school, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it's like to be a certified occupational therapy assistant and why you love it so much. So a lot of people don't even know what occupational therapy is. And we just call it OT. And when I tell somebody that I am in a CODA, we call it a CODA, Certified Occupational Therapy Assistant. They'll say, oh, do you help people find jobs? And I'm like, 
No, <laughs> occupation actually means anything that takes up your time. And there are a lot of avenues that you can go. You can work in hospitals. You can work in skilled nursing facilities and schools. You can do in-home health, that kind of thing. But I really enjoyed working with pediatrics. Those little kids are my favorite So occupational therapy in a school setting looks a little bit different than it does in a hospital setting. The definition is, is we help students learn how to do their best in school. So we can help with behaviors. We can help with them learning how to write better or use scissors better, to have better studying habits. We support them in anything that occupies their time. And a lot of these students, you have to qualify to get OT. And a lot of these students have mental or physical disabilities, such as Down syndrome, autism, even just ADHD, that sort of thing. We can either go into their classroom and help them or we can pull them out of their classroom and work one-on-one with them. But it's those little kids. If we can help them when they're three and four in preschool and in kindergarten, we can help them learn those skills and tools to do well in school. By the time they're in fifth and sixth grade, they're doing well on their own and they don't need OT as much. These little kids just crack me up. I have an Instagram account and probably twice a week, I post a thing that's called today's occupational therapy moments. And they're just the silly little things that these little kids will say to me. Like yesterday I had a student ask me, and I mean, he's just straight dead looking me in the eye. And he's like, do you know the ice cream man? And I said, (laughs) yeah, I know the ice cream man. And he said, well, I don't. I do know the fruit stand man. He sells apples, but I've heard there's a muffin man, but I've never seen him either. So just these little things that they say to you because they're so serious and they're very concerned about certain things. And so I like to remember them for those hard days. We do have hard days. Kids can have behaviors. That's what we call them where they throw a desk or they try to bite you or they, you know, they just have behaviors. And so on those rough days, I go back and look through my little highlight bubble of all the funny things that they said. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's okay. It was just one day. It was just one day. I love that. Yeah. I love having some backup memories of good times to remind you when things are a little bit rough. I think that's a good life advice for anybody. Right. I'd love to hear, you know, as we're talking about failures, I'd love to hear one lesson that your students have taught you about overcoming personal challenges. It's definitely never give up, never give up. So I worked with this one student over and over again. He was learning self-care tasks. So that's like learning how to button up your jacket, how to zip up your zipper and tie your shoes, little things like that. that The average person would take for granted, like, oh, it's not that hard to zip up a zipper. But if your fingers aren't functioning the correct way and you can't quite get that pincer grasp, it's so hard. And there are days when you've been working with a student over and over again on this simple little thing to put the clasp in and to pull up the zipper. And the day he finally gets it. You kind of want to cry with them because you're so happy and so excited for them. I would say it's it's almost a weekly experience that you get to see a child progress and do something he's never been able to do. And they express it in a very pure way. They don't hold back. So I would say it's just to never give up. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So another question that I've been curious about is, so, you know, as we're building our careers and we're, we're trying to figure out who we are and what we want to do and how we want to spend our time, the people around us, I think, can have a huge impact. And so I'd love to hear about some of the most impactful people in terms of your own career and professional development. So if you could kind of share, I don't know, one or two people who are really um, key in that development. 
I would say even before that. So my father passed away from cancer and my mother went back to school when she was older. And I saw her go back to school and I was like, oh, well, my mom did that. She was in her 40s. She went back to school. I can go back to school. So I think I've always had that little reminder in the back of my head that it's never too late to go back to school. And when I did go back, one of my professors, she was a single mom and had gone back to school and that now she was a professor and she's my age. And she always just had such a positive attitude about it that, yeah, I might not learn things as quickly as some of these younger students, but I have life experience and my study habits were different and I knew how I learned better. I would even say, so I work with the Alpine School District and they have some of the most amazing OTs there and they've been just really good mentors for me. I feel like even after I graduated, it's like the first two years that you're actually out in the working field still learning and I'm still in that spot. I've only been working for almost two years, but COVID was crazy. And so we ended up doing a lot of online teaching and I'm still doing that now. I still have a couple students that we meet online and learning the technology, the Zoom, the Google Meets, Jamboards, Loom, all these little things to help these students be able to learn from home. Once again, I'm like, can I handle this? So I had to learn a lot of new things. And each one of those OTs was very positive and encouraging, like, hey, we can do this. This is a team effort. And these kids need us to be able to teach them at home. So I can't even spotlight one person because they've all been amazing. I love that. Yeah. Seeking out mentors, whether it's like workplace or work environment. I think that's a great tip. Christy, I have one final question for you. And that question is, if you could offer up one piece of advice about turning failures into bright futures, what would it be? It would be to show up and never give up. Half the time people will say to me, well, how did you get those scholarships? And I'm like, I applied. Oh, well, how did you get that job then? I applied. I participated, you know, and so many times people think that everybody else's life is better. And it's truly just because those people are showing up. They're participating. They're putting in a good effort. And yeah, we fail all the time, but failing is not a bad thing. You know, it's not trying. I think that's the bad thing. So love that reframe that failure is not the bad thing. It's not showing up. I think that's just, that's spot on. <laughs> well, Christy, I so appreciate the time that you've taken to chat with us a little bit about your career path and some of the challenges and also some of the ways that you've overcome those things. So a huge, huge thank you once again for, for being here with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Salt Lake Community College's OT program, visit the link in our bio below. Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please remember to join us next week as we begin to discuss our new monthly theme of personal professional reflection. Thank you.